Welcome to another episode of Life in the Fans Lane podcast. Uh, Clark, back from a two-week hiatus, uh, <laughs> which was my fault, to be clear. Uh, but uh, I will say that, you know, we, we should have been on this podcast about five, ten minutes ago, but you didn't know what the hell you were doing over there, so that's actually your fault. <laughs> yeah, that is my fault. But honestly, I don't think it was too big of a deal. I mean, we we covered the Sonoma race before it happened, and then we took a break when the when the drivers took it. Well, they didn't really take a break, but they had the All-Star race where they were racing for no points, and so we just kind of agreed, hey, you know, we can take a break. Yeah, so. and and to be fair, uh, I was sick. Um, I, I don't think I could have made it through the entire show last week without uh, coughing my brains out. So uh, decided that really wasn't probably uh, good podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how I do. I'm I'm more like Michael Jordan, and I play through my illnesses here. But <laughs> you know, I've got a sore throat today. Had to stay home from work for it. But we're gonna see how the podcast goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully you don't have what I had, because uh, it lasted more than a week. But um, I guess it it probably makes sense with uh, now that now that we're all mask free and, and out there around all these germs again. Uh, probably out, all of us are out there getting sick, so that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Clark, Clark, uh, what has been going on the last two weeks? Uh, you know, I, I know I've I've been doing a lot of eye racing, uh, even though we haven't been able to. Uh, do a podcast, but I've uh, been doing a lot of virtual racing. What about you? Oh, I've been playing some video games. Uh, got to get up north, see my family a couple times, and went to a Gladwin baseball game. They've uh, worked their way into the semifinals. Um, we'll be playing this Friday at 1130 um, for a chance to go to the state championship. Very nice, uh, Michigan State University. So sweet. Are you uh, you coming this way for that? I will be up there this weekend. I'm gonna. I believe I'm gonna go to the game at East Lansing and then um, spend the rest of the weekend up in Clare. Uh, we've got something going on for my grandpa's birthday on Sunday, so I'm gonna go stay at my brother's house for a couple nights and then go to that on Sunday and head back to. The Glass City after that. Wow, nice. Uh, that was really nice of you to let me know that uh, you were coming up again. So, uh, you know, just find it out two days ahead of time. But no worries, well, no worries. I just I just prefer that you don't know so that I don't have to worry about seeing you. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but seeing you is what we'll say. I've uh, <laughs> I've got some fine restaurants we can check out. Uh, Friday, if you'd uh, if you'd like to uh, like to come up for a little lunch. Oh yeah, the so. game will probably be. It would have to be a late lunch, maybe early dinner or something like that, because it's going to sure. be Friday eleven thirty start at, at uh, Michigan State University. So right. I guess the game will go what you know, a couple hours. I don't know how long a normal high school baseball game normally lasts, um, but a couple hours, and then we will. Uh, I would have to drive up to Alma, but yeah, yeah I'm in. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's good for you. Uh, you know, never can let go of that high school dream. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's cool that you're supporting, and uh, and good luck, to Gladwin. Hopefully, making it to the uh, state finals this week. But uh, we have a lot to cover after missing about two weeks. Uh, 
with this podcast here. So uh, let's jump into Life in the Fans Lane podcast. Well, Clark, uh, last time we talked, we were at Sonoma Raceway, uh, the uh, tricky road course out there in uh, out there in Sonoma, California. Uh, that was, of course, for the Cup Series, but uh, the Xfinity Series was uh, actually not too far from you uh, out there in mid-Ohio at the uh, sports car course, uh, Lexington, to be exact. Uh, so let's start there. Uh, that race was won by our buddy A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, that dude is probably the most ecstatic uh, driver there is on the Xfinity circuit, and he's just an all-around, all-around good dude, so it's always good to see him uh, cash it in for a win and uh, worked out uh, on a late race restart uh, that he was able to pull away and get the lead, and um, we'll talk a little bit more about that here later, um, but he was followed by Justin Haley and Ty Gibbs. Point standings for the Xfinity Series after Mid-Ohio. Uh, Austin Sindrick leads, but uh, we... Uh, we have a new second-place driver, A.J. Allmendinger, and then third place, uh, Daniel Hemrick. I think last time we talked, Harrison Burton was in second. Uh, he had a, had a wreck through the grass out there in mid-Ohio and uh, has fallen to fourth, by the way. Sunday's cup race at Sonoma, uh, Kyle Larson, the man on top. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports just continues to dominate the cup series. Uh, Larson led 57 of 92 laps. Uh, followed by Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr. And for the point standings, we have Denny Hamlin uh, leading, but his lead has been cut to just 47 points with Kyle Larson in second and Chase Elliott in third. Uh, in fourth, you have William Byron. So you have uh, Hendrick Motorsports second, third, fourth in points right now. And, uh, you know, although Alex Bowman has had a pretty good season with two wins, he uh, he sits 11th in points. So, uh I guess that's not too bad, right, to have two wins and, and be killing it back there still just outside the top ten. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. I will say it was uh, their 270th win uh, for Hendrick Motorsports. That it week. was. Yeah. Not this week, but at Sonoma. Yeah, yeah. So, pretty uh, impressive. It, for sure, for sure. Uh, the winningest team in NASCAR history. So, very, very cool. Uh, before we jump into uh, last weekend, uh, why don't you tell us what our fantasy standings look like, Clark? Yes, let me pull them up here. I'm surprised um, you didn't have them waiting right in front of you with uh, with with the results here. Yeah, so I, I didn't have to pull it up to know that I was right again. If if you go back and listen to the, the most recent episode of the podcast, uh, I told Derek that Kyle Larson had three stickers three straight second place finishes and then he got a win and I said that he was going to get three straight wins not including the all-star race is what I said but I was wrong on that he actually did get three straight wins including the all-star race which we'll talk about later but uh I got 60 points with uh Kyle Larson winning uh both stages and the race at Sonoma, so I got 60 points there, and then I got the 10 bonus points for him winning, which are built into our fantasy rules. Uh, Derek had Kyle Busch with 44 points. Um, Kyle Larson's win is the second of the third quarter for me out of three races, so I'm two for three here, making up a lot of ground on Derek, and I'm 20 points behind him still. And I was actually just telling him before we started recording, that 
I have three wins to his one on the season, and I'm still 20 points behind that. I've just had a <laughs> couple of bad weeks, but I think I'm starting to figure it out here the second half of the season, and I'm going to run away with it as we go to the playoffs. That uh, That is quite a stat. You've won three, I've won one, but yet uh, the weeks that you don't win, you pretty much suck. So, yeah, Got to be good every week, buddy. It doesn't seem like I've been that bad, but going back and looking at it, uh, weeks three through seven, I scored 16, 17, 17, 9, and 1. Ouch. Um, so the most I scored in those weeks was 17 points. Um, and meanwhile, you were scoring 44, 35, 40, 57, 25. So you just made up a ton of ground in that first uh, in that first quarter, and I've been just kind of chasing ever since. Right. Yeah, it's um, it's been quite the season for fantasy. So, uh, with that being said, let's jump into the All Star Race weekend. Um, of course, the Cup Series uh, was not running for points this week. Uh, the All Star Race does not include points. Uh, so let's start with the Camping World Truck Series. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek continues his uh, just breakout season for the truck series and Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, he finished first. Uh, Chase Elliott was actually in the race this weekend, uh, trying to prepare for the, the Texas race. And also with his new uh, Adrenaline Shock, A-Shock uh, energy drink uh, sponsorship on board. Uh, if I had to guess, they're probably located there in, in, the, um, in the state of Texas. So that was more of a home race to them. They wanted to get on the truck and uh, have Chase drive it. So Chase was second, and then Ross Chastain uh, in third place. Point standings. John Hunter Nemechek, no surprise there, leads the points uh, with four wins and 78 points up on Ben Rhodes and Austin Hill. Xfinity Series. uh, Again, dominated by Kyle Busch. uh, And, uh, of course, no points for Kyle uh, with that race because he uh, obviously elects to run for Cup Series points. And I think we've covered that before, that you have to elect a series that you're going to run for. Um, so Kyle basically does this for his sponsors and for fun um, and driving the uh, the Twix Toyota. So Kyle Busch leading 94 of 171 laps, followed by Justin Allgaier and Austin Sindrick. Uh, I did want to mention Justin Allgaier had a new sponsor on board this week, uh, Dollar, Shave, uh, Dollar Shave Club, which is pretty cool to see them getting involved in the sport. That is cool. Uh, point standings for Xfinity, Austin Cindric leads, followed by A.J. Allmendinger and Daniel Hemrick. On to the Cup Series. Uh, Clark, we didn't really touch on, well, we couldn't touch on this last week because we didn't do a show, but uh, the Cup race was broken up into two different races. So we, we first of all had the Open race, which is um, drivers that have not won races or did not qualify for the All-Star race by other means. And, and then, of course, we had the All-Star Race for race winners and um, people that advanced from the Open Race into the All-Star Race. And how you got into the All-Star Race from the Open was you had to win one of the rounds in the Open or you, uh, or you had to win the fan vote. So with that being said, uh, the Open results were, uh, which was kind of funky how they did this. They actually, the results really just lined up with the the last segment, Um, but they're saying Eric Almirola actually won the race. Uh, Second place was Matt DiBenedetto and Chris Buescher in third, 
And the drivers that advanced to the Open were Eric Almarola, um, where am I at? Tyler Reddick and Ross Chastain. So Tyler Reddick and Ross Chastain actually, uh, Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain, and Eric Almarola actually won the rounds. And then uh, your driver, Matt DiBenedetto, won the fan vote this weekend. So good for Matt for uh, getting in the race. As we moved on to the All-Star race, uh, Hendrick Dominance returned. Uh, Kyle Larson went in his second All-Star race, followed by Brad Keselowski, who tried to make a late race charge, and Chase Elliott. And, of course, with that, there's no point standings. So, uh, Clark, I think that's all we have for race review. That actually went quicker than I thought with having, what, like five, six races? Um, got anything to say about the All-Star race or Sonoma? Yeah, I didn't get to I didn't get to catch it. Um, I didn't get to catch the All Star race, um, and honestly, I'm not too entirely disappointed. Uh, <laughs> you know, based on our episode where we had talked about kind of the format, so I'll be interested to hear. I'm sure we'll talk about it later on in the episode. I'm I don't know what topics you have, but I'm sure one of them is probably about the All Star race. If not, feel free to fill in. Uh, hear what your thoughts were on it because I know you watched it. Um, I think I will have more to say about the All Star Race um, later in the show. But what I will say is uh, the format was confusing as hell. I know we talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, it is not easy for a casual fan to to follow. Um, it's not even easy for a hardcore fan to follow. Um, and you know, after hearing some of the radio chatter and drivers and spotters and, and other industry members talk, um, uh, about the race this weekend, it seemed like nobody knew what the hell was going on. So, um, you can't just have a confusing race like that and, and the entire industry as well as fans not, not know what's going on. And, um, I think that's one thing that needs to be changed. Um, the all-star race is not really that attractive of a race to begin with, in my opinion. Um, and then you put it at Texas Motor Speedway. And, um, I know, you know, how I feel about Texas. Absolutely hate it. Um, you texted me earlier in the week and said, Hey, come, come. I race, you know, uh, I, I know all you're going to do is about, uh, Texas anyways. So, um, which is, <laughs> which is pretty accurate. So, um, it's just, uh, just how I feel about that racetrack kind of always have. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll maybe touch on that a little bit more later in the show. Yeah, and a uh, very cool prize for Kyle Larson for anybody who doesn't know um, what the prize is to win the All-Star Race. Kyle Larson uh, got a million, million dollar payday for winning the All-Star Race, which I think is a cool thing um, about the All-Star Race. But again, my opinion, the format was really stupid and you know, this, the circus music should have been playing the whole time. <laughs> if it wasn't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch, but it probably should have been playing the entire time. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So Kyle Larson went in a million bucks and then, uh, they also had a, a clause in there for the fastest pit stop of the race and Chase Elliott and his crew took that home to win a hundred thousand dollars. So a couple big paydays out there this weekend. With that being said, uh, let's jump into our news segment of the week here on Life in the Fans Lane podcast. 
Joe Gibbs Racing announced this week that uh, John Hunter Nemechek, uh, we talked about him in the in the truck series there, uh, is going to be uh, driving a couple Xfinity races for the uh, 54 car. Uh, we've talked about Ty Dillon being in that in that car this year, uh, Kyle Busch, um, Ty Gibbs as well. So uh, John Hunter Nemechek, he's going to run at Bristol, Texas, and Phoenix uh, in September, October, and November. So uh, one start a month later in the year. Are your cat's making noise over there? What the hell's going on? <laughs> nope. Oh, you're just making noise. Well, shut up. Yeah, I'm moving around. <laughs> <laughs> quit moving. Quit moving. Quit breathing. Thank you. Uh, it was also announced today that uh, Kyle Busch is going to run the race this weekend at Nashville Super Speedway in that 54 car. Um, and he is going to be running an identical paint scheme to his uh, cup car with the M&M scheme. So... Uh, pretty cool to see just a, a mirrored scheme. I, I don't know what it is. It's I know it's pretty simple, and it's kind of like, eh, you know, same thing. But I always, I always think it's cool when it can translate to a different vehicle, you know. It's even cooler when it goes to a truck, in my opinion. A uh, little silly season talk. And, uh, Clark, do you know what silly season is? I have no idea what silly season is. <laughs> like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Uh, <laughs> silly season is uh, is the term uh, that is used to kind of uh, explain, or not explain, but um, what they call the talks of driver movement for next year. Like, which driver is going where, what's happening with uh, each car, each sponsor. Um, so that's what that's what silly season is. So you'll, you'll start hearing that term a little more um, as we get through the season and, and towards the end of the season. Um, but we talked about Kurt Busch uh, looking to maybe make a jump to another team. And, and we talked about 2311 racing, um, and, and he said that he has had talks with them. Uh, but another team surfaced this past week, and um, that happens to be uh, Team Trackhouse, uh, that 99 car that Daniel Suarez, Suarez drives. Uh, don't worry, Daniel Suarez isn't going anywhere. Um, Justin Marks, uh, who co-owns that team with Pitbull, yes, Pitbull, the rapper, uh, he uh, he said that they are looking to expand to a two-car team in 2022. So um, essentially, what Kurt Busch said was um, they haven't had any real serious talk, real serious talks with 2311 or Trackhouse, but um, they've at least had a phone call and initial conversation, and, and both teams are interested. Um, and, and he says that contract talks for 2022 with Chip Ganassi Racing, who he uh, drives for right now, those will uh, begin sometime soon. I would be really surprised if Kurt Busch stayed in that one car, though. And, and how, can you, how can you turn out Michael Jordan? Am I right? Right. <laughs> that's, that's a home run. You guys a goat? Mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know about literally. Yeah, that's but... true. <laughs> Um, Netflix's, uh, check, check, check one, two, uh, Netflix's show, The Crew, the, uh, NASCAR themed show with Kevin James, uh, has, uh, has been canceled. Unfortunately, they will not get a second season. Probably could have seen that one coming. Uh, you know, that was the kind of the slapstick comedy type show on Netflix. And, um, I think you and I talked about it a little bit here and, um, Really no surprise to me that that one's not being renewed. <laughs> yeah, I tried to watch, like, the first episode of it, and I got about three and a half minutes yeah. in and was like, ah, uh, 
Yeah. No thanks. I'm probably not going to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, we just talked about Team Trackhouse. I guess I should have mentioned or put this in the notes right after after the fact. But uh, with Nashville Super Speedway returning, um, or the, the NASCAR Tour returning to Nashville this weekend, uh, Team Trackhouse and Daniel Suarez uh, picked up a, a new sponsor. And it's obviously you uh, near and dear to our hearts. But uh, Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, downtown Nashville, has jumped on that, that 99 car this weekend. And uh, that car looks sharp. I know I sent you, uh, sent you a picture of it. Um, it does look real good. That thing is going to stand out. And uh, what was what was the, the message I sent you yesterday? It was uh, hand clapping and, and uh, fender tapping, I think, is one of the t-shirts that they came out with. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> There was, uh, let's see, here's here's the link right here. There was that one. Let's see. Uh, hand clapping, fender tapping, good time in Nashville. And the other one was getting some laps and claps at Tootsie's Orchid Lounge. Love those shirts. <laughs> so pretty cool to see them jumping on board this weekend. Yeah, I, I know I had a great time at Tootsie's, and it's kind of like a staple of Nashville. So it's really cool to see them get into the sport at least for when they're in Nashville. So. Yeah, 100%. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but Team Trackhouse is actually Nashville-based. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of kind of makes sense to have the hometown car and, and hometown uh, very popular uh, bar on board for this weekend. Uh Clark, I know you're happy about this one. Uh, Wood Brothers Racing announced last week that uh, – Crew chief Greg Irwin, uh, hey, he's uh, he's done for the season on that twenty one car. He's been fired and ha- has been replaced by uh, a Penske engineer in Jonathan Hassler. Uh, hey, Matty D's got to try and make those playoffs this year. Still, he still has time to do it, but he's got to win a race. Um, and Good obviously, riddance. yeah, obviously, <laughs> and obviously, Greg Irwin wasn't getting the job done. So, um, hey, hopefully, hopefully, it's a welcome change. Honestly, I don't know that much about uh, the crew chief, but I just saw the reaction of like the entire internet when <laughs> when it was announced that he was gone. Was just like everybody loved it. So yeah. Um, again, you know, I just became a fan of Matty D this year, and I'm a pretty casual NASCAR fan. So really, I didn't know much about him. But apparently, he's been a pretty horrible crew chief, according to the internet. <laughs> Well, uh, when you have the most popular driver for the all-star race, uh, you know, making his way in via that vote, um, you know, you have a lot of fans out there that are pulling for him to do well. And, and Matty D has not had the season that he should have this year. Um, and obviously his plans are still up in the air for next year too. So, um, Hey, swap out the crew chief and, and get someone up there that's going to do the job and, and hopefully win a race for him, get him in the playoffs. He's going to get it done at Talladega when we're there. That would be so awesome. But that is in the that is in the playoffs. He's got to make it before that. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully he wins one, and then he wins again when we're at Talladega. Yeah, that'd be that'd be ideal. Yes. Uh, SRX, uh, the Superstar Racing Experience, had their first race at uh, Stafford Motor Speedway this past weekend. Um, we will get into the ratings of that in here just a second. But uh, Haley Deegan, uh, the rising star in the NASCAR world, uh, it, uh, it was announced that she's going to be replacing uh, IndyCar driver Tony Kanan. Uh, he has a uh, schedule conflict. 
Um, so Haley Deegan is actually going to run at Knoxville uh, Raceway this weekend and uh, Slinger Speedway in Wisconsin in a few weeks. And, and Clark, you and I just booked tickets for Slinger, so we're going to see Haley Deegan in action. Yeah, that's going to be a good time. Yeah. Catch a Brewers game, go yep. to an SRX race. Yep. Well, so. little baseball, hit batter, batter. <laughs> Been a minute. Um, let's stay on the topic of SRX real quick. Um, SRX on their uh, on their debut this weekend uh, put up some pretty damn good numbers uh, for TV ratings. Uh, the inaugural race gained 1.33 million viewers, um, which is huge for a short track like that. And there was only 12 drivers in the race. So um, pretty cool to see a series like that uh, have a sold-out stadium and put up over a million viewers this weekend. I will say I was very impressed with the racing. Um, but what, what impressed I, you the most about that whole race? I know you went back and watched it after the fact. Yeah, so... I was a big fan of um, just it seemed like the drivers had to race their cars, but also um, it wasn't super easy to wreck the cars at the same time. Um, You know, I think I texted you when Marco Andretti made a pretty crazy three wide move. Um, and just shoved, I believe it was Tony Stewart and maybe Greg Biffle or someone else just kind of shoved them out of the way, <laughs> um, you know, got out in front and he only led like two or three more laps before the field just caught back up to him and, and, you know, passed him. I don't know where he ended up finishing, but I know that he was in the middle of the pack for a lot of the race. Um, so I think that was just kind of the most impressive thing to me was that, you know, they were able to kind of beat and bang a little bit and it didn't spin cars out maybe that's just the skill level of the drivers or maybe it's a combination of the skill level of the drivers and the setups for the cars but just felt um felt like these cars are set up for some very good racing so for sure uh what did you think of the uh i guess the quote-unquote fun flag that they threw the other night and for our listeners out there um essentially uh they had deemed that the uh, the leader of the race had gotten too far out in front, and also that the uh, the field had become spread out. Uh, so they decided to throw a caution, bunch the field back up, um, and reset them, re-rack them. What would you think of that? You know, honestly, I didn't see it because um, I did watch maybe 60 laps, 50 laps. Um, but you saying that, I mean, I like it. For a small series like this, I think that's kind of cool. Um, I don't think that should be something that like NASCAR implements. Um, yeah, but don't, for, don't give many ideas. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, I like the, the competition of NASCAR. I do like it when the cars are closer together um, and are given the opportunity to race. Um, so I like the idea of it in kind of a fun series like this where it's, you know, it's not like a, it's not the world's best racing right it's just putting on a show for the fans and um trying to get some numbers so yeah um sorry go ahead oh that's all i was gonna say yeah so i was i was kind of like perplexed by it when they when they threw it i'm like ah man i really like this up until that point then it seems kind of kind of gimmicky like you know that seems pretty impure and then you know i i I've listened to some some talk about it, and I guess this was always kind of the plan. And they also do it in some other high profile uh, 
short track, uh, short track racing, like the snowball derby that happens every year that gains hundreds of cars. Um, and it's keep the, you know, keep the show going, keep it exciting. Um, and then also, um, like you said, it's not, it's not a super serious series. It is, um, it is for fun. And when you only have 12 cars, like that, that is a factor too. You got to kind of keep them close together to keep the action, uh, keep the action tight. So, um, now it does sound like the only thing I didn't want is, okay, you know, one driver gets out, like one, one driver gets way out in front. And just because that driver, you know, is, is not popular and they throw the caution, you know, that's what I don't want to happen. Um, but it didn't sound like that was the case at all. After listening to Ray Evernham, the owner, um, of the series speak, it was more that they had a predetermined, um, maybe like a margin that the, the leader was out in front that they decided this is how, or this is where we were going to throw the caution. Um, or, you know, the field is spread apart by this many seconds. This is when we're going to throw the caution to keep the competition close. So, uh, yeah, it, it is kind of, um, it is gimmicky. It is, um, I don't know, uh, like I said, not the, not the purest form, but at, at the end of the day, it was fun. And, uh, these drivers were giving it their all. It was, it was cool to see some of these drivers out there. Um, you know, again, like Tony Stewart, Michael Waltrip, um, Elio Castroneves, um, Indy 500 winner, dude, we're going to meet these drivers here in just a few weeks. How cool is that? We're going to meet Haley Deegan, you know? So, um, that's, that's one of the cool things is it sounds like they're going to be doing an autograph session. So, um, it'll be really cool to meet some of the, the absolute superstars of racing in general. Yeah. And I think that's, I think the word that I've, I was looking for when I was, um, when I was talking is that I feel like it's almost essential for like a small series like this. That's just really trying to put on a show for the fans um, and bring back like a, you know, better racing. And like, if, if I'm going to my first ever SRX race and like, it just ends up like a lap fest with, you know, you start with 12 cars on the lead lap and you end with two on the lead lap or something. I don't know that I'm ever going to go back to it other than the fact that, like you just said, like they're trying to do other cool things where you can do some meet and greets, autograph signings, whatever. Right. Um, I think they've got to do things like that just to, uh, you know, keep people coming back in my opinion. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a really cool, um, cool start to the series and I, I hope it continues for um for everyone there everyone involved so uh, i know we were looking at slinger and it's it's almost like a, a mini bristol so that's gonna be really exciting to uh to see <laughs> yeah i'm excited for that that whole trip's gonna be fun yeah for sure um on the other end of the spectrum uh texas motor speedway uh actually you know we'll keep it on a positive uh at the moment Texas Motor Speedway uh, and the All-Star Race actually had positive viewership over 2019 numbers. Um, as much as I dog it and as much as I hated it, um, it also matters that it was on a Sunday night as opposed to a uh, Saturday night. But uh, they received uh, 2.74 million viewers, and that was up 12% from 2019, and actually the best ratings for an All-Star Race since 2017. Um, so... I guess uh, good for the all-star race. 
<laughs> but um, on the uh, on the other end of the spectrum here for the All Star Race, uh, Texas Motor Speedway uh, announced today that uh, they are actually going to reduce uh, capacity for the speedway um, to down around seventy five thousand. Uh, 75,000 fans moving forward. Uh, they're going to uh, add um, uh, alternating... Oops, almost knocked my mic off the table there. Sorry, I talk with my hands. Uh, alternating rows of, of seats and replacing... Um, they're going to remove alternating rows of seats and replace them with food and drink rails, um, which I have um, I have seen those, and they're actually really, really nice when you're at the track. So, um, so Texas Motor Speedway reducing uh, seating... Um, I actually posted uh, a reply to this tweet today, and I said I think they can uh, remove more than seating, and and posted a uh, a picture of um, a bulldozer <laughs> with with dirt. <laughs> so, so I guess we'll see what happens with uh, with TMS. Yep. Well, from Texas Motor Speedway, uh, let's move in the direction of Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, they are racing on the road course this year for the first time. Uh, you know, they've always had the Brickyard 400 on the oval. And, uh, you know, the race just became lackluster and boring. And um, they decided to put it on the road course this year. Uh, Team Penske, uh, well, I guess I should say Roger Penske, owner of Team Penske, owns Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, he also has a good relationship with Verizon. And it was announced today that uh, Verizon is actually going to sponsor um, the Brickyard Road Course Race. And then in addition to that, he, uh, Verizon's also going to sponsor Joey Logano at Watkins Glen uh, later this year. So I now know where all that money I pay Verizon on a monthly basis is going. That's fantastic. <laughs> at least hey, it's, at least it's going to NASCAR. <laughs> that and you get good service, man. True. You pay less money. You pay for what you get. You pay less <laughs> money. And I'm not going to name any names of other mobile carriers but you can pay less money certainly and then just not have service anymore, so. <laughs> right nobody wants <laughs> any stuff like that that's for sure i was trying to leave names out of it for oh you oh do you want oh do you want me to bleep that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> although they're never going to sponsor us but <laughs> right well you almost hit, made us use tonight so <laughs> <laughs> yep bleep that <laughs> Um, and last bit of news that we have, a uh, really cool uh, sponsorship opportunity uh, that came down today with Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, this weekend is Father's Day, so obviously don't forget uh, a gift for your dad this weekend. Um, but Keelan Harvick, uh, Kevin Harvick's son, uh, presented him with a uh, Father's Day gift, and it was the sponsorship of the four car this weekend. Uh, it is going to have the iconic uh, Monster Jam truck Gravedigger um, on the... Uh, on that Ford Mustang this weekend, and that thing looks badass. Um, I don't know if you ever watch Monster Truck Racing or even just kind of uh, run across it on the TV sometimes, but but Gravedigger is the probably the most iconic uh, monster truck out there. So really cool scheme, really cool that they're going to do this for for Father's Day weekend. So um, I'll definitely be racing the scheme on iRacing here this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For sure, definitely one of the most iconic um, schemes in in monster truck yeah. uh, racing. Yeah, I remember growing up, it was always like, uh, you know, it was always like one of the most iconic things. And I actually did get to make it to like a monster jam 
once with one of our classmates, I think in middle school. And oh, it was pretty nice. cool to see. Nice. I've I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to go to one. Um, and I think just before COVID was uh, was uh, getting started there, I, I uh, was looking at tickets, and and of course that just never uh, came about. But um, really cool that there's a collaboration, and um, that thing is going to look sharp on the racetrack this weekend. So that does it for our news segment. Uh, let's jump into in the groove or in the marbles. Clark, we have some uh, a wide array of topics this weekend uh, for this. I always do that <laughs> for this week. <laughs> I, I just always rush to the weekend. I mean, how how can I not, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, pretty big uh, range of topics uh, as we as we go through this episode here. So uh, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into it. Uh, first topic of tonight. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway, uh, banning coolers for the racetrack this week, uh, not allowing fans to bring in, in coolers at all, um, in the groove or in the marbles on that? Marbles, period. That's all I have to say. Your turn. Marbles, caps, period. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, that's all I have to say. (laughs) Why would you do that? Yeah, um, it, it actually seems to be a trend of uh, Speedway Motorsports uh, tracks, because um, because you and I went to Talladega, we could take our coolers in there, you know. Um, but I think uh, Circuit of the Americas also uh, barred coolers from from being allowed inside as well. So, um, I, I I think you're done with your side of that story. <laughs> yep, <laughs> um, I'm also in the marbles. Um, couple different reasons uh you know that piece of the sport is synonymous with with going to a race um and the reason that they weren't allowing coolers was what they said due to covid and the safety of people having to to rummage through coolers and being in close contact and um just the whole safety of it um i don't know that i buy that especially as we're reopening and and um you know, loosening restrictions now. Um, I think it's a way for them to make money. Um, and and I've, I've always wondered how long this would go on that we're allowed to bring our coolers into the races. Um, because as we've mentioned on this podcast before, you don't, you don't have to pay for the $12 beer every time you want to go get it or, or a $6 bottle of water when, when you know damn well that that bottle of water costs 80 cents, you know? Um, so I, I definitely get it from a financial standpoint, um, but man, it's going to suck if that goes away because it is such a unique part of, of the experience. So I agree. Yeah. Um, in addition to just the convenience factor of it, um, it was the hottest race of the season this, this year, um, hottest race of the season this weekend. And I think they said at the green flag, it was 104 degrees. And, and, and those fans were not allowed to bring coolers in. And I saw a post online of uh, people waiting in super long lines at concession stands because they are running on limited concession stands still because of COVID. So you can't have both things. You can't be running limited concession stands um, and also um, limiting people from, from bringing in the uh, essential items that they need. So... Um, financially I get it. Um, but I really hope that this does not continue, um, 
on, on a trend, you know, um, it's just such a, a cool part of the cool part of the sport. So, yeah, it's like, in my opinion, it's one of the best things about the sport. I mean, you go in tailgate and then you just pick, pack your cooler up and walk into the racetrack and mm-hmm. keep tailgating, mm-hmm. except you're not tailgating anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and, and also it's not just drinks, right? I mean, you can take food in there. We took, we took like beef jerky in there, right? Right. Bear jerky. Bear jerky. Bear sticks. Bear grills. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not just NASCAR related either. It's it's all forms of motorsports that you're able to do this. And um, I'll never forget that, that Indy 500 I went to that was so hot. And I can't imagine if we didn't have a cooler. We we had wet washcloths in there. We had, you know, water. We had We actually had very little alcohol because it was so hot. Like, we knew it was going to be just a brutal day. Um, me and my ex-girlfriend at the time, we had like a, a couple cans of wine or something in there and I had a couple seltzers and that was it. Uh, the rest, the rest was just water. So, and, and that, that whole cooler was just, just water, uh, you know, not bottles of water, but just, uh, nothing but water. The ice had, uh, evaporated by about halfway in the race. So, uh, yeah, I hate to, hate to see it, um. Hope it does not continue, for sure. Next topic, uh, Jeff Gordon, uh, analyst and all-star driver, uh, is considering and weighing his options uh, in terms of his future with Fox Sports uh, after this season. Uh, Rumor is he could leave the booth uh, to be uh, taking on a larger role with uh, Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, He is a current owner of Hendrick Motorsports, but uh, Rick Hendrick is, I don't know, 80 years old probably. And, uh, and, and Jeff Gordon is, is considered to be the driver, or I'm sorry, the uh, person to take over this team. So uh, Jeff Gordon leaving the booth and Jeff Gordon going to Hendrick Motorsports in the Groover and the Marble Clark. Um, I'd say it's in the groove for a couple different reasons. Um, I do think he's an iconic person that, uh, you know, is just, like, good to have in the booth. But at the same time, uh, I don't think he's the best broadcaster. Um, you know, he's honestly probably one of the least exciting broadcasters, in my opinion, in that crew. Um, probably the least exciting broadcaster. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's... That's one reason, and then, I mean, just good for him, you know, if he can go and kind of work his way up, uh, which I'm sure he'll start near the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, at hard, hard to go up when you start at the top. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that's, I mean, I think that'd be a great move for him and Hendrick Motorsports with him having so much experience in the sport. Um, you know, some of these teams like to keep, well, I'm sure Hendrick wants to keep these uh, legendary drivers in their team and, and keep their brains in their team and um, have them can help them continue to keep winning the way that they're winning. Um, so I think it'd be I think it'd be in the groove for you know both of those reasons. I'm I'm actually surprised to to hear you say that you don't really like him as a broadcaster. I mean, is there any particular reason why? Just 
or just I, I know that you know every sport has those broadcasters that you're like, eh, <laughs> they're not great, you know. But I, th- just I think the per- I think the perspective that he brings is obviously like really good, um, and I do like broadcasters like that. Well, when Tony Romo retired and you know took over in the booth, Tony Romo actually became one of my favorite. Um, football broadcasters just because he knows the game so well and a lot like it happens like four or five times a game where Tony will like circle somebody and be like this is the route they're running this is what play they're running and then they run that exact play and I just think that that's kind of like a cool perspective that he brings and so I think Jeff somewhat brings that perspective just with all of his experience as a driver and you know, past champion and all that jazz. But I just think he's kind of, he's he's kind of dry. You know, like Tony Romo usually has some really funny comments. And I just, uh, you know, on top of having that, that really good perspective. And I just don't get that much with, with Jeff. Um, so I just, I think he's probably the least exciting, but one of the most knowledgeable um, broadcasters, so. Um, well, I'll start by saying that I'm in the groove for him leaving the booth. Um, I think we're, we're in agreement on that. Um, I just think it's time. Um, it was really, really cool to see him, you know, make the transition from, uh, his hall of fame driving career into the booth, um, and, and kind of show off his, his broadcasting, broadcasting skills. Um, but I'm I'm going to be on the same page with you that I don't think he brings that much to a, uh, a broadcast. Um, which side note, remind me to bring something up about bringing something to a broadcast here in a second. I didn't even put this in the notes, but I want to. I have a I have a rant. So um, Jeff Gordon, though he you know something has to change with Fox. I mean, it's just every time I tune into Fox, it seems like it's like a like a slapstick comedy routine. And anyone that's uh, tuning into the sport for the first time or, or checking out NASCAR, I would have to imagine that when they when they tune in, they're like, what the hell is this? You know, like when I tune in, I want it to seem like, man, this is badass. Like, this is really cool. You know, the intensity levels up. Um, the, the, the sport is, is on it. The broadcasters are on it. Um, there's too many mistakes. There's too many fumbles. Um, I, I'm amazed at some of the stuff that, that they miss while they're up there. Um, but I, with with all that being said, I think Jeff Gordon, in terms of where he is in his career and, and where he's going to be, um, I think this is a great time for him to make that move to Hendrick Motorsports and really take on take on a, a big role with that team. Um, Rick Hendrick is is obviously at the end of his his team ownership career, and and Jeff is like like late fifties, I think, if I remember right. So, or maybe not even, you know, 50s something and not. So, I think for for the sport and for us fans, I think it's a good thing for Jeff Gordon to make the move into team ownership. Like, it's it's a new leaf, right? Like, he would be the first big team owner to, like, make that transition or, or become a big team owner. So, um, he has the name behind him and, and obviously has a relationship with Hendrick, Motorsport, uh, Hendrick Motorsports. Um so I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of it. So I just think uh, I think it's time. So I, I hope he takes that option. 
I think I think him and Clint did well today uh, this year, don't you? I do, yeah. <laughs> I I think they complement each other well. Um, you know, obviously Clint has <laughs> a vast, uh, or you know, he's got a lot of knowledge of driving as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of years of experience of driving, um, so he he obviously does bring some of the knowledge to the to the broadcast. Um, but he compliments Jeff so well just because he is he brings that funny piece and he's never super serious about talking about the racing. And then it almost feels like um, Jeff, you know, he's while he's describing things well and like painting a good picture for the viewer, um, it's just so dry. Like it's always like that monotone Jeff Gordon voice that he's just, you know, but so I think those two really do complement each other well. Um, I just, I think there's got to be somebody better. You know, like when I think of watching a race, like a lot of times I will just throw on MRN mm-hmm. over top of the broadcasters. And I kind of learned that from you and mute the TV and then just make sure that they're lined up. And it's, the race is like a billion times more exciting with MRN than it is, you know, dry Jeff Gordon up in, up in the it's, booth. It's like night and day difference when you sync it with MRN. And it's, it, that's kind of unfair to say because, um, television and radio broadcasting are completely different. Um, you know, they're one, the viewer actually has the opportunity to see what is happening, you know, that's television. So you don't need somebody nearly as exciting as Dave Moody, um, in the booth to make it exciting. You know, you can watch it and it's exciting. Um, so you don't necessarily need the most exciting person in the world in the booth um, on television, whereas radio, you know, the viewer doesn't, unless you're you or I, where we're syncing it up with the TV, they don't have that added, um, you know, feel of being able to see what's actually happening. So um, I don't know. It's yeah. probably not fair to say that, you know, like, MRN is just better than them. I think they're both good in their own respects, but I just, I, I think it's, I think I agree with you. You know, it's time for Jeff to step out of the booth. Yeah. I think in terms of radio, I think it's just a, it's a completely different call, right? Like the, the um, radio guys are having to call every single bit of action where TV has to do certain promotions that they have to run on TV. They have to, um, maybe explain more of the visual part of what's going on and, and radio is, is explaining literally everything. Um, and there's no, there's no time in those broadcasts to, you know, throw your slapstick comedy routine in there, you know? So, um, regardless of who it is and, and, and that's not picking on Jeff Gordon. It's, it's, it's picking on Fox is who it is. I was so ready for Fox to be over um, or Fox's coverage to be over after this past weekend. I'm just tired of it. Um, I want somebody that's going to take motorsports seriously and, and, and show the intense, uh, the intensity and the, the more serious side of, of NASCAR racing. So um, I'm hoping NBC does that. And, and they definitely did it with the Indy 500. So I'm hopeful that, that, that will continue with their NASCAR uh, coverage. But um, yeah, hundred percent in the groove, Jeff Gordon, make the move over to Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, it's, it's a, and, and, and I, I'm not, 
hey, nothing against Jeff Gordon of what he's done. I think it's awesome that he's been able to kind of diversify his career. Um, but now it's time to move on and, and become a team owner. So uh, what I wanted to rant about, uh, I know you only watched 50 to 60 laps of the SRX race. Um, and this is outside of in the Groover and the Marbles. Um, Danica Patrick in the booth for the SRX race. Oh, my God. Brutal. Brutal. Holy Like, I don't understand. She has been in... She has been in some form of racing her entire career, right? And she's been in, like, professional racing. Like, she, she was a rookie in the 2005 Indy 500. It blows my mind that she does still not know the simplest of racing terms. And it's like, why? Why are you putting her on this broadcast? I mean, see, it's the inaugural race, and, and thankfully she's not going to be around all season. Um, I think, did you know that they're going to, like, uh, transition with play-by-play on, on SRX? So, like, Alan Bestwick stays, but the second person rotates. Okay. Yeah, so... So, like, IndyCar driver like James Hinchcliffe and, um, shoot, I can't remember who else is also going to be in there, but I don't care who's going to be in there, get Danica Patrick out of that booth. Like, she (laughs) brings literally, you know, I won't say nothing, she brings very, very little to a TV broadcast, so, um, rough, very, very rough. (laughs) <laughs> I agree. I was listening to it, and I remembered you just talking about how great the um, broadcasting was going to be because of Alan Bestwick, and uh, I turned it on, and I was like, this is horrifying, dude. Why was he so excited about the broadcasting? <laughs> yeah. But the more I think back on it, it, I think it was probably more just Danica that I was like, yeah. this is so bad. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I liken what Danica Patrick was doing um, during that broadcast to how Fox does their broadcast, where Alan Bestwick is is good at explaining what's going on, um, but Alan is also really good at letting at, at letting the race breathe, if that makes sense. I'm sure it does, right? I mean, a football game breathes, right? Where you, you're not talking the entire time, you're letting everything play out in front of your eyes. And, and Alan is really good at that, but it seemed like on Saturday night, when Alan did that, Danica would start talking. And it's like, no, no, don't do that. Like, this is how it's intended to be. So Danica would just talk to talk, in my opinion, and it drove me crazy. Um, I wish I could have turned MRN on during that one. So, anyways, that was my little rant for the night on that. <laughs> um, last topic of the night. Uh, we're throwing it all the way back to mid-Ohio uh, during the Xfinity race. Uh, Ty Gibbs, who has obviously had a great start to his Xfinity career um, this season. Uh, he's 18 years old. Uh, he was leading the race, uh, first or second, I guess I, I should say. I don't know for sure that he was leading. Uh, on the front row with the final restart of the mid-Ohio race, uh, A.J. Allmendinger took him three wide uh, going into turn one. And Ty Gibbs said post-race uh, that, quote, uh, A.J. Allmendinger's move was a dirty move. Uh, Clark, I know that you have watched this uh, this clip now. 
Uh, what do you think? In the groove or in the marbles on uh, Ty Gibbs' comment? Uh, I think it's in the marbles. It felt like, and I didn't see, you know, I think the clip you sent me was maybe like 25 seconds long or something like that. So I didn't see if there was any context before this happened, but it just felt like a racing move to me. Um, you know, it looked like he gave them plenty of room through most of the corner, uh, and they just kind of stayed down and didn't move up the track. Um, and then there was contact made. So in my opinion, it looked like there was room to do it and it worked out for him. And then, uh, a wreck pretty much could have been avoided, but I think some people went through the grass after that. Um, but it looked like it was, it could have been saved and nobody would have wrecked. So I don't really have a big problem with it. It just made the racing, you know, exciting. And if I'm not mistaken, that was late in the race to take the lead, right? That was the final restart, like a green white checkered. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do to win. And if you're not going in there and like intentionally wrecking somebody and you're just throwing a hard move in there and making the other drivers drive, uh, my opinion is they had enough room to kind of move up the track. Now, some might say that that's even dirty, making somebody move up the track. But when it boils down to it at a road course race, that's what that's what it's what those horses are made for, you know, is to make the racing exciting without, like, fear of somebody getting seriously, seriously injured. Um, and I think he's just he's just salty, you know, that Dinger got by him. Uh, I was really surprised by these comments by Ty Gibbs, um, and, and quite frankly disappointed, too. Um, the kid has a ton of talent. Uh, I mean, he's... He's he's finished like top two or three in in every race that he's run. I think with with the Xfinity car so far. Um, look, like you said, he just got schooled. <laughs> he got schooled by one of the best in the business, and and you can't, you know, AJ Allmendinger didn't do anything wrong there. Um, he he raced him hard, and and when you're faced with two laps to go, man, you got to expect a three wide move, right? I mean you got to expect everyone behind you going for that win. So uh, right. in the marbles, for sure, Ty Gibbs. And, um, you know, I, I think I said um, the only thing that's going to stop Ty Gibbs from, from being extremely successful is that attitude right there. I mean, like, number one, I mean, you got to expect it. Number two, have, have a little respect for A.J. Elmendinger, right? AJ, I mean, AJ is one of the best there is in the business, especially in road racing. Um, and he didn't wreck you, you know, but he's going to, he's damn sure going to race you hard for sure. That that dude's trying to win. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was plenty of room, man. Like the more I yeah. look at that video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and uh, if, if you go back to how Ty Gibbs, uh, Ty Gibbs won his first Xfinity race back at Daytona in the road course, he actually drove through the grass and came back up on track, and I think he made contact with a couple people too. So um, that looked to be more of a mistake. But he really has no room to talk when you're when you're at the end of a race and and you're on a road course. You're you're giving it all you can. So um, I, I think it's completely unfair and, and quite frankly a little bit whiny um, in, in Ty Gibbs's case. So um, 
Yeah, bad, bad look, bad look, bad take, bad move um, by by Ty Gibbs to uh, to criticize AJ Allmendinger and um, Ty Gibbs has said a, a few stupid things already this year. Um, you know, he mentioned I think uh, during the Arca race at Daytona earlier in the year about how he like something about how Daytona wasn't like real racing or something like that, and he he later apologized for the comments, but. How he seems to me is like a kid that that isn't thinking before he speaks at the moment. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We've we've all been there, so uh, hopefully he uh, hopefully he matures here quickly. But um, at the same time, hopefully his grandpa uh, Joe Gibbs has a little talk with him. Say, hey man, that's part of racing. Settle down, buckle down, and you know take it like a man. And sometimes you're going to get beat by the best in the business. So. Can't win them all. So, well, that does it for In the Groove or In the Marbles. Uh, let's head into our race preview of Nashville Super Speedway for this fine weekend. Well, Clark, uh, Nashville Super Speedway, uh, the 1.33-mile racetrack, uh, hosting the first races since 2011. Uh, that is part of the uh, Dover International Speedway uh, race group there. Um, they lost one of their dates uh, last year. And uh, I think what they did is they went to NASCAR and said, hey, we, we don't want to lose both dates. Can we maybe take one to Nashville Super Speedway? We're going to put a bunch of work into Nashville Super Speedway. We're going to uh, freshen it up. We're going to make it work. Um, and it is uh, paying off for them at the moment. Um, the cup race this weekend is sold out. Uh, 40,000 plus seats uh, for the inaugural race here at Nashville Super Speedway. Um, now, I mentioned they hadn't raced there since 2011. Uh, the Xfinity Series used to race here by themselves um, for uh, for a standalone event. So um, they got away from it, and now all three series are going to be back at Nashville Super Speedway. Um, I wish we were going. I know. I know. It's... Uh, I was really surprised by how the track drove on iRacing. Um, I thought it was just like another mile and a half and it was going to suck, but it's like super fast straightaways and then you really have to slow down in the corners. It's it's pretty cool actually, but um, I guess we'll see what kind of racing it puts on this weekend, huh? <laughs> yeah. But um, for the truck series, uh, full field again, 43 trucks making their way to Nashville Super Speedway. Uh, Xfinity, 42 this weekend. And I will say, it's a bit disappointing to see that the Cup Series has the lowest car count, which is typically the case, but this is, of course, an inaugural event for the Cup Series. Uh, only 39 cars making their way over to National Super Speedway this weekend. Um, I will say, it is great to see that uh, there is going to be a big turnout, because some people in the industry were looking at this as a test event. Um, a lot of the focus has been getting NASCAR back to the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, which is actually in downtown Nashville, um, where this speedway, Nashville Super Speedway, is like an hour outside of town. Um, so it's it's almost like, hey, are we going to bring it back to the fairgrounds? Uh, well, how about you go support this race? And I hope that's the case. Um, for Nashville Super Speedway's sake, I hope that they don't put all the work into it and then we leave here in a year. Um, I, I don't think that's really fair to Dover and, and National Super Speedway, but um, but I commend all the fans to showing up and, and buying a ticket to say, hey, we want NASCAR racing here in Nashville. Because I, I don't know about you, but I want to go to Nashville Fairgrounds. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be like 
one of the best trips ever. Agreed. <laughs> Get yeah. down there a couple days early, hit the Nashville bars, yep, and then go racing. Well, you're you're already talking about you know for our thirtieth birthday next year, you want to go spend a Nashville Talladega weekend. You're trying to kill us. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, Hey, maybe we'll be surprised and Nashville will end up on Nashville fairgrounds will end up on the, uh, on the schedule next year. How about that? That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of work done or a lot of work still to do there for Nashville fairgrounds They're you know, they're checking with the community and neighbors and they're talking about sound barriers and, and, um, how that's going to affect their schedule, um, year round. Um, but, Man, do I hope that racetrack comes back. It's such a cool venue um, from what I've seen and just the history there. Um, the Cup Series used to race there, but um, just how it's kind of s- central in the city, too. There's no other racetrack that's in the city like that, right? I mean, pretty sweet. Right. So with that being said, uh, why don't we jump into fantasy for this week? Uh, I am hoping that I can uh, get back on track and, and beat you this weekend. Yeah, well, it's hard to beat me when I just pick the winner every week this quarter, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Well, you get to go first this week, so okay. who you got? I think that, you know, uh, we, we are racing the 750 horsepower package this week. Anything below a mile and a half goes to the 750 horsepower low downforce package. Uh, so we're putting, the, putting the, uh, the race back in the driver's hands this weekend. Uh, and with that, I'm going to go with Dennis Hamlin in that FedEx Toyota. So I think he's going to have a strong showing and uh, get that get that 11 car back to uh, back to victory lane for the first time this year. How about you? What do you got? Yeah, I've got. Um, man, I'm just kind of sticking to my guns here and going with what has been working for me. The two wins that I have this quarter are with Hendrick Motorsports, Chase Elliott, and then Kyle Larson. Hmm. So, I'm going to go Alex Bowman here. I'm not super confident in the pick. If I could pick him again this week, I would pick Kyle Larson. Uh, Because like I had said on that previous episode, I think he's going to win the third straight here. And if he does, by the way, I want to remind everybody, you have to pay my car insurance for a month. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily for you, you have that Ohio... um, car insurance rate, which is a hell of a lot less than what we have up here. So that victory would mean a lot more to me than it would to you. <laughs> Although I don't know what your, I don't know what your Tessie uh, car insurance is. It's only like 60 bucks a month. That is such BS. <laughs> yeah. That is such garbage. But I'm, I have to make a claim on it actually. Oh, um, so it might be going up. Break, breaking news. What's going on here? I, uh, was just driving down the expressway. Um, Hands, hands free. Actually, actually, it's kind of funny. It was um, after I had bought Kate's birthday gift, um, and I had to go like a different way home. And I haven't told her this, but I'm like, if I didn't have to buy her birthday gift, I wouldn't have a crack in my windshield <laughs> right now. Because I went to go buy her birthday gift, and then it forced me to go this way home, and then there was a guy <laughs> driving in front of me, and a stone just flew out of the bed of his truck and put this uh, pretty nice-sized nick in my windshield. So, Yikes. Um, luckily, and if you don't have this type of relationship with your insurance agent, you need to. 
12 seconds after it happened, I called my insurance agent because he's one of my good friends down here in Toledo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I do? Like, what do I got to do? He's like, oh, call this uh, this auto glass place in Sylvania. They already know me. They'll just process the claim right there and they'll fix it. Like, sweet. So nice. I, don't, I don't have to do anything. He's like, you just take it to this place that I just told you to. They'll fix it. Hmm. And I had uh, no deductible on my glass, so I pay nothing to either nice. get get it repaired or have the windshield replaced. Wow! Safe light repair, safe light replace. <laughs> <laughs> nice, huh? Yeah, that's uh, that's never good when that happens. And and luckily for you, I don't think you have to worry about your girlfriend listening to this podcast and hearing that. So uh, yeah, she's a huge nascar fan <laughs> <laughs> i think we should take her to a race maybe she'll change her mind <laughs> yeah no i honestly i think i think i've brought it up to her before and i yeah. think she's in like just she likes going to things where you can drink and tailgate and stuff like that so uh, that's, like, that's, like the, that's why you guys are dating <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you might not like the racing mm-hmm. but you'll have fun for the f- four hours or five hours before that so. for sure yeah, bring her to Michigan. Well, well, maybe don't do that. I don't know about that, but yeah, <laughs> she well, may not. She, she, she might never may she, never go back. She is going to faster horses. Oh, wow! So. Very nice. That's uh, that's quite the trip for her, man. Yeah, they do it every. They've done it every year since. Well, I think it's only the second or third year in a row that they've done it, but um, she's friends with one of my co-workers um wives and that's actually how we met and uh so obviously one of her best friends lives in toledo so she's been doing it for like two years now i think or three years where they go and they do a faster horses trip so gotcha but yeah they it's pretty crazy that to think that like there's people from as far as pennsylvania and i'm sure she's not the furthest person it makes a trip to faster horses, which is, uh, you know, a good thing for Michigan International Speedway. Yeah. Would you uh, Would you ever go to faster horses? Uh, yeah, I actually might go this year. Wow. Okay. With her. Nice. So. You, I've always you better, thought you it better would make be... sure that that isn't that slinger weekend. I don't think it is. I think actually faster horses is later in the in in July. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think it might be like the following week after Slinger, because Faster Horses is, I believe, during the weekday, or it starts during the weekday. Yeah, that's true. Not mistaken. So, um, but yeah, I, um, I guess they're going again this year, and Kate asked me if I wanted to go, and I guess we've got like a potentially have a cabin up in Brooklyn. That's what we'll I'm talking about. Yes, it's actually on the lake. Oh, so. nice. That or one of the lakes. There's like a billion lakes in Brooklyn, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, that is the only way you would get me to go to faster horses is if I could get a cabin. No way in hell yeah, am I sleeping in a tent in in that mess. <laughs> I I wouldn't mind tent camping there. Yeah. I think it'd be fun and take me back to the old college days of just not being, really caring, being a dirty scrub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Nothing's really changed since I left college. <laughs> Not really. Not really. I'll just I'll just beat you to the punch. <laughs> Still ugly as hell and a greasy little bitch. 
<laughs> How did we get this far? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> faster horses. Best. <laughs> faster horses best. and you being a greasy little bitch. <laughs> this might be one of the best, like, non-planned segments that we've had, <laughs> at least in my mind. Yeah, I, I would have to agree, because this is this is typically what we sound like when we're not doing the podcast, so you, you all get to see a, a peek behind the curtain of what, what Clark and I are like to each other, so, and, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, Faster Horses, um, Man, if we could just have it in like the spring or the fall where it's not a thousand degrees outside, I might be more inclined to go. So, talk about being a greasy little bitch. I am a bitch when it comes to that stuff. So, <laughs> but, well, cool. Well, it's uh, it's been a quick episode tonight. Uh, you know, hopefully our, our listeners don't feel cheated, but uh, we just wanted to touch up on, on the last two weeks and uh, get ready for Nashville Super Speedway. And, um, man, Clark, I hope we can uh, grab some grab some lunch this week when you're up here. Yeah, um, I'll make sure that it's not at any place that you have like uh, pre-planned with uh, for them to poison my food. So uh, I've I've already worked that out. I've given all of my restaurants your picture. I said if this guy comes in, <laughs> number one, do not let him in. But if he somehow does get in, here's what you put in his food, and uh, and and everything will be all set. So they <laughs> the, they, the they main got my back. <laughs> the main ingredient in my uh, ingredients in my pancakes are going to be um, batter and anthrax. <laughs> uh, yes, I will have the anthrax skillet, please. <laughs> so coming right up. Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, uh, yes. As we head into Nashville Super Speedway weekend, we are ready to party in the Music City. So. Uh, for this episode of the Life in the Fans Lane podcast, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at, <laughs> oh, God dang it. Right. <laughs> Talk about circus music. Just continue. It's at in the fans lane. At in the fans lane. Yes. And Instagram, life in the fans lane. <laughs> Yikes. All right. For this week, I'm Derek. He's Clark. And we will catch you next time. 